Thank you for choosing Tox News. Your only source into a hopeful soul praying and wishing for sensible discussions around guns, mass shootings. And my greatest concern is that even with Sandy Hook happening years ago, I don't think we're going to have a sensible conversation around sensible gun reform or maybe even quite possibly the culture that is the United States of America that continually leads fellow citizens to bring guns into these areas where guns are um, probably the least wanted and the least needed, such as grocery stores and spas, elementary schools, malls, concerts. Ah, the date is March 24th, 2021, and we begin with a POA, and it goes like this. I pledge allegiance to liberty and justice for all. Now, if you are not necessarily in the know of what's going on, uh, just a week after Atlanta had some shootings, uh, Boulder, Colorado had a shooting leaving 10 dead. It is not really, I think I've heard of four happening and just the four shootings happening just this month. Um, one being in Chicago, one being in Bronx, New York, and one being, and the other being Atlanta. So that's, that's, we've got four total. And it seems only two of them really made national news, and we're going to use this opportunity to, um, the, the conservatives are going to use this opportunity to um, hide the fact that, you know, in, in, there's no mental health issue going on here. And it's mostly associated with the individual who probably shouldn't have had a gun in the first place going out and ruining everyone's Second Amendment. Conser uh, liberals are a little bit more focused on the idea of let's just not have guns at all, which uh, both of these goals are a bit improbable and uh, short-sighted, but we'll get into that a little bit later through, you guessed it, Ben Chaperone, one of my favorites, and another with the louder Crowder, um, one of my least favorites. But I want to start with this article coming from The Hill, a little, a little militia update here going on. Uh, usually I do a militia watch update going over the week's news on Mondays, but The Hill dropped this, saying, Prosecutors say Oath Keepers coordinated with Proud Boys ahead of Capitol Riot. Prosecutors are alleging that the Oath Keepers militia group coordinated with the Proud Boys ahead of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. The allegation came in a court filing on Tuesday in which prosecutors were urging a D.C. federal court not to release alleged Oath Keeper Kelly Meggs from detention ahead of his trial. Prosecutors included a redacted face or included redacted Facebook messages from Megs coordinating with the Proud Boys ahead of a planned rally in D.C. on January 6. A number of members of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers have been indicted on conspiracy charges in connection with the riot, but the messages are the first showing that the group uh, the, that the groups might have worked together. And this is significant 
because uh, a lot of the conservative media kind of played it off as just in a disorganized people's movement. When I've stated multiple times on this podcast, it's very likely that, you know, the, the mass numbers of regular civilians, not necessarily a part of any militia group or organization whatsoever, were able to actually mask most of them going into the Capitol, hiding a lot of the Proud Boys who did not wear their usual gear and uh, insignia to the Capitol riot. So just, just throwing that out there. Um, on December 19th, Megs wrote that he organized an alliance between the Oath Keepers, the Florida Three Percenters group, and the Proud Boys, and that the groups have, quote-unquote, decided to work together and shut this shit down. One Facebook chat dated December 22nd indicated that at least 50 to 100 Oath Keepers would be in D.C. In that chat, Megs wrote that, quote, we have made contact with the PB, and they always have a big group, force multiplier, unquote. Megs also sent a message on December 25th about a provisions list for the riot, including mace, gas masks, batons, and armor. He also discussed communicating a plan with the Proud Boys. Quote, you can hang with us. We will probably be uh, be guarding Redacted, that or someone during the day. But then at night, we have orchestrated a plan with the Proud Boys. The message read, "I've been communicating with the uh, the with uh, Redacted, the leader. We are gonna march with them for a while, then fall to the back of the crowd and turn off." Then we will have the Proud Boys get in front of them. The cops will get between Antifa and Proud Boys. Hmm. I don't think Antifa was there at all. We will come behind Antifa and beat the hell out of them, unquote. More than 300 people have been charged in connection to the Capitol riot that resulted in five deaths. The first conspiracy charges relating to the Capitol riot were handed to the Oath Keepers in January. A grand jury indicted four members of the Proud Boys, on conspiracy charges according to court documents that were unsealed friday so uh very likely that many groups that were there that day were coordinating with each other while also you know at the time of the event also probably swapping contact info so there's a little quick militia watch update since you know on top of all of this gun reform talk it's another facet of america that we ignore which is that uh militarized citizens with extremist beliefs so, moving on from that, that wonderful, wonderful, juicy news. Ah, gotta love the J6 riot. We have the chaperone here to enlighten us and to the tragic Colorado mass shooting that happened just a couple days ago. And we begin. Big news of the day is another horrific mass shooting, this time in Colorado, where 10 people were killed at a Colorado supermarket, according to the Associated Press. A shooting at a Colorado supermarket killed 10 people on Monday, including a police officer who was the first to respond to the scene, according to authorities. Police arrested a suspect. They didn't reveal his name or any details about the shooting at an evening news conference where Boulder Police Chief Maris Harold fought back tears. Investigators had just begun sorting through evidence and witness interviews and didn't have details on a motive for the shooting at the King Supers store in Boulder, which is about 25 miles northwest of Denver, home to the University of Colorado, according to Boulder County District Attorney Michael Doherty. He said this is a tragedy and a nightmare for Boulder County. These were people going about their day, doing their shopping. I promise the victims and the people of the state of Colorado, we will secure justice. 
The attack was, according to the Associated Press, the seventh mass killing this year in the United States following the March 16th shooting that left eight people dead at three Atlanta area, area massage businesses, according to a database compiled by the Associated Press USA Today and Northwestern University. And of course, it all depends on how you define. I wanted to just end it right there, because if Ben Shapiro was anything about objective news, he actually would have just stopped right there. But here we go. His hands are on the wheel. It's time to steer. Mass shooting, because some definitions are like three people or more. Some definitions are five people or more. It follows a lull in mass killings during the pandemic in 2020, which had the smallest number of such attacks in more than a decade, which is mainly because people were locked inside their houses, so people couldn't congregate, which meant it was more difficult to pull off a mass shooting. This database tracks mass killings and defined as four or more dead, not including the shooter. One of the reasons, by the way, that a lot of these statistical databases like to separate off mass shootings with four or more dead is because if they include three or more dead, then the numbers rise dramatically and the racial composition of the shooters goes dramatically differently. Because it turns out there are a lot of gangland shootings that involve people who are, are killing two, three people. And so the numbers change pretty radically. You'll notice that mass shootings are always the excuse for gun control, but the deadly violence that happens in Chicago every single weekend, that is never the excuse for gun control. Because again, this plays into the broader media narrative, which is that the big problem in America is white supremacy and America's systems of violence. Yeah, but doesn't Chicago already have really strict gun laws? I'm not 100% sure. Um, I just think it's very fascinating that he highlights that the reason why we don't do that statistically wise is because we're worried about the de uh, the demographics being shifted. But that's a very convenient narrative there to paint the Democrats as bad people. Chicago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled the handgun bans of Chicago and Oak Park to be unconstitutional. On July 12, 2010, a new Chicago City ordinance took effect that allowed the possession of handguns with certain restrictions. Residents were required to obtain a Chicago firearms permit. Um, hmm. So it's a very much more complicated story than that, usually as it is. But I guess Chicago had much more stricter uh, gun laws before 2010. Let's see. Do, 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 do. I think one of the things we don't want to do is do, 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 do. This is, and the funny thing is the, the article that I clicked was about the Las Vegas mass shooters. So we really only have this conversation after the uh, most amount of people are killed. Pointing to Chicago to suggest that gun laws don't work is not a new talking point. Trump claimed Chicago had, quote, the toughest gun laws in the United States, unquote, in a 2016 presidential debate, which is funny now because Ben Shapiro's, you know, flipping Chicago on its head. Chicago is just the, the you know, the example that all politicians go to because of its uh, extremely high homicide rate. Um, Chris Christie likewise pointed to Chicago as a place with high crime despite tight gun laws. The right-wing site Breitbart has on many occasions posted articles with headlines containing the phrase gun-controlled Chicago. Uh, let's see. But while gun violence in Chicago is high, the rest of this common talking point doesn't really hold water. It's also true that there were more than 4,000 shooting victims in Chicago in 2016. 
It's also true that Chicago has suffered a massive amount of gun crime recently. In 2016, homicides in Chicago sharply rose, mostly as a result of gun homicides. Uh, gun homicides in the city rose by 61% between 2015 and 2016. That helped make the gun homicide rate in Chicago particularly huge compared to other similar cities. The rate was 25.1 per 100,000 residents in 2016 compared to 14.7 uh, in Philadelphia and just 2.3 in new york do, 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 do. it's not true that chicago has the toughest gun laws in the country as other fact checkers have repeatedly found it is true that illinois has tougher gun laws than many other states the state is one of the seven that requires licenses and permits to buy any firearm and it's one of the five that requires waiting periods for buying any firearm hmm so apparently it does have some certain uh roadblocks that make getting a legal firearm a little bit more difficult. The Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence, which tracks gun laws nationwide, has given the state a B-plus for its gun laws. It has some tough gun laws. There is an assault weapons ban in Cook County, for example, but it's not true that Chicago has the strictest. At one point, it did have much tougher laws. Uh, the city has also had a gun registry program since 1968, but ended in 2013 when the state passed a law allowing the concealed carry of weapons. So Chicago's literally all over the place, but that doesn't like what we might be ignoring here is whether or not there's a flow of illegal firearms going through this, uh, the city. Some cities go even beyond that. San Francisco has a safe storage law. Ugh. State lines don't stop guns. It's important to remember here that Chicago is very close to two states that have relatively weak gun laws, and that's what I was wondering. Wisconsin and Indiana. So while it's easy to pick up uh, on Chicago or any or pick on Chicago or any other high crime city for its ugly statistics, says one expert, taking uh, bordering states into account weakens the gun advocacy talking point. So I do, I do find that a little bit more interesting. All right, so I, I thought Chicago and Illinois were a little bit more tough. It's they're you know they're not uber strict on it, but there's a, a good process still going into uh, being licensed and having a permit. The slain officer was identified as Eric Talley, 51, who'd been with Boulder Police since 2010, according to Harold. He went to the store after a call about shots fired, someone carrying a rifle. He was, by all accounts, one of the outstanding officers of the Boulder Police Department. His life was cut too short, Doherty said, of Talley. Identities of the other nine victims were not disclosed Monday night as police were still notifying their family members. Matthew Kirsch, acting U.S. Attorney for Colorado, pledged the full weight of federal law enforcement to support the investigation. Officers did escort a shirtless man with blood running down his leg out of the store in handcuffs. Authorities would not say if he was, in fact, the suspect. Officials have not said whether the suspect is the person who was taken from the shooting scenes of Foothills Hospital in Boulder, and the hospital is not releasing any more information. Dean Schiller told the AP he had just left the supermarket when he heard gunshots and saw three people lying face down, two in the parking lot, one near the doorway. He said he couldn't tell if they were breathing. There was also video live-streamed on YouTube, which showed one person on the floor inside the store and two more outside on the ground, and you can, sound, you can hear gunshots at the beginning of the video. At one point, authorities said over the loudspeaker, the building was surrounded, and you need to surrender. Sarah Moonshadow told the Denver Post two shots rang out just after she and her son, Nicholas Edwards, finished buying strawberries. She said she told her son to get down, and then we just ran. So obviously, just another horrific mass shooting. And the media typically in these situations respond by suggesting, of course, that people who don't agree with their basic policy prescriptions are somehow unsympathetic to the victims in these sorts of situations. 
I think the stonewalling comes off as sympathetic, especially with what Ted Cruz says. Ted Cruz had some really primo comments. Um, it might take me a second to get there, but um, I think it's more of the conversation itself that's having a having a deeper issue of whether or not we really care enough to do something about all these mass shootings. Um, but I think it's very interesting here that Ben Shapiro takes the position of appearing to uh, do the opposite of what the media is doing, which is, you know, using uh, events as pretext for things. And he's still a narr narrative driver in the same way that a lot of other media are. It's just it doesn't agree with the conservative bias. So he has to make sure that that steering wheel goes both left and then back right so that people get their uh, their talking point and rhetorics correct. I don't remember if I saved that Ted Cruz video. Um, but Ted Cruz had a had a horrible response to the, to the whole situation. Let me see. I'm not finding it. Maybe I did not save it at all. It's very likely I didn't save it. But I can try to go somewhere else to find it. Here it is. Oh, there it is. And there's a shooting. We play this ridiculous theater where this committee gets together and proposes a bunch of laws that would do nothing to stop these murders. Senator from Connecticut just said the folks on the other side of the aisle have no solutions. Well, the Senator from Connecticut knows that is false. And he knows that's false because Senator Grassley and I together introduced legislation, Grassley Cruz, targeted at violent criminals, targeted at felons, targeted at fugitives, targeted at those with that's the thing, though, is that I'm I'm pretty sure both recent shootings aren't weren't done by criminals until they actually killed those people. They, um, as far as I know, were fairly clean in their records. So um, targeting criminals before trying to figure out how do we keep guns out of the hands of uh, specific individuals who may or may not have neurological uh, situations going on, whether it's neurodivergent or something that's a little bit more tied to the psychology of their culture, um, it doesn't really help to focus in on a new criminal reform bill in the time of a mass shooting. So Ted Cruz sounding like he's doing something when really the that's that's missing the mark. Serious mental disease. Oh. To stop them from getting firearms, to put them in prison when they try to illegally buy guns. When they try to illegally buy guns, that's a that's another like little bit of word uh, jumping jacks there or gymnastics. Because what what is it like? We have red flag laws in uh, in certain states, and so um, it's it's kind of even up to people to report on whether or not somebody has a red flag situation to where their gun must then be confiscated. So. Yeah, he's really missing the mark. Ted Cruz really be missing the mark here by focusing on, on like a criminal justice reform bill and punishing criminals for illegally obtaining weapons when that's not necessarily what the, the, the issue is here. What happens in this committee after every mass shooting is Democrats propose taking away guns from law-abiding citizens because that's their political objective. And it may or may not be. Um, the thing is, though, is that I don't really agree with the, the liberals' policy of taking everybody's guns away. For one, it's going to be nearly impossible with the 300 million guns 
that are out in in our streets already um and the other thing is just yeah uh the three the 300 million guns that are out there aren't all going to come back and it's going to create a bigger stir in the united states than we might be able to handle so conf gun confiscation is not really going to work but the republicans keep painting the the argument of having stronger um regulations in obtaining a firearm as the same thing as taking away your guns but what they propose not only does it not reduce crime it makes it worse and every yeah and that's kind of the thing too is that like criminals really don't care about breaking laws and so if they're going to obtain a gun you know to commit a crime their first crime is probably going to be getting a gun so it's it's hard to um, make the case that you need to confiscate everybody's guns on the basis of criminals can obtain them when you're taking them away from law-abiding citizens who also have such a strong belief in the Second Amendment that says that I need my guns to protect me from a tyrannical government. And, you know, by saying, too, we need to confiscate all the guns to keep you safe from criminals, it's also like another, like, sly or maybe even unintended way of saying that most of your citizens are suspects until proven innocent. So that's like, that's another uh, deeper issue in this whole conversation. But um, yeah, Ted Cruz not coming in sounding like he really cares about those affected by the mass shooting. Because you know that the next political move here forever and always will be a federal call for gun control. Joe Biden has been looking for an excuse to push gun control for a little while here now. He's been talking about gun control consistently for the last 10, 15 years. He used to be. And I mean, this is like one of those political issues that really gets militias fired up, like the whole don't tread on me movement and everything like that. This is really getting them fired up. He's somebody who's a little looser on gun control. Now he is somebody who's much tighter on gun control. He's been pushing for an assault weapons ban, a la the 1994 assault weapons ban that really had no impact on mass shootings in the United States. He's been looking for that Obviously. for quite a while. So this will be used politically as a as a hook in order to push forward the gun control agenda. And the media are going to foster this by suggesting, of course, that if you don't agree with Joe Biden's agenda, it's because you don't care about the people who were killed. It's a cheap political trick that is played during every tragedy. I mean, I, I don't agree that if you don't like Biden's policies about it, because I personally don't really like the steps that are going to be taken by Biden's administration or establishment Democrats, because I don't really think it's actually going to solve the problem of Americans killing fellow Americans in mass numbers. What I'm more concerned about is that Republicans really don't want to do anything about it. They, they, the like the whole issue is a non-issue for them, and yet we like we we talk about with Ted Cruz wanting a stronger uh, criminal bill, and then we hear from other people that like you know uh, we have to reform our voting laws because it's easier for somebody to commit voter fraud than it is to buy a gun, and it's this is just like nonsense conversation going around this from the like especially from the right wing. And it's um, it's not even like it's not as absolutist as a lot of liberals get where it's like we have to get rid of all guns. But in a lot of ways, it then does reach to that point of absolutism where everybody should just have a gun. So it's uh, it's a broken conversation in this in this country. And I think it might drive a civil war even harder than race issues that if you don't agree with my policy prescription, it's because you don't care about the people who, who have died or the people who've been victimized in any particular way. And you can see the media already ramping up 
for this, right? That if you say that the gun control measures that are likely to be pushed by the federal government are extraordinarily unlikely to prevent mass shootings. In fact, virtually every gun control policy that's been pushed by the federal government has had no impact on mass shootings. The number of guns in circulation in the United States has risen dramatically over the course of the last 15 to 20 years. The number of people who have been killed in mass shootings year on year has actually been going down. But that does not matter to the to the folks who who push gun control. And so I don't I don't think that's true either. That, I'm pretty sure that was a fabrication because in the 90s it was far less. But since like 2011, we had a mass shooting. What was the statistic? It was like a mass shooting every 54 days. So, I mean, that's where we're at right now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a sharp increase from the 90s. Um, I, I guess I would have to fact check Ben Shapiro on that. Their idea is you are unsympathetic to victims. This, this has been a thing ever since I told Piers Morgan not to do it on CNN. The, the reality is that you can be deeply sympathetic to people who have been harmed in any sort of crime and still recognize that that bad policy does not solve the problem. Okay, but you can Yeah, bad policy does not solve the problem. The, the, the problem really is, though, is that you can come off unsympathetic when you're not willing to have the conversation because you think that having a gun is like intrinsic to your human right like the same thing as um having the right to life is the same thing as having your gun and it's really not um the only reason why you need guns is because other people are other people have guns and they're shady as fuck so if we had less shady people we probably wouldn't need guns and if we could cooperate together there would be no reason to solve diplomatic issues through violence but that's not where we're at we're a war like people um uh I mean, even in 2019, it says there were more mass shootings across the U.S. in 2019 than there were days in the year. So, like, I don't know where Ben Shapiro got this uh, statistic where, you know, they've been going down because I, I, I've been hearing the opposite. It went down during 2020, which he acknowledged because there was lockdowns and, and stuff like that. So um, he, he, he knows that 2020 it went down, but year over year, I don't think so, man. I think it's on the it's on a on the opposite end of that in the end 2019 had the highest number of mass shootings in any year since 2014 when the gun violence archive started its count and it, it didn't start counting till 2014 oh my god Ugh. anyways it has surpassed the prior record of 382 mass shootings in 2016 the gva gun violence archive reported 346 mass shootings in 2017 and 337 in 2018 yeah yeah going down when we have over 300 per year okay yeah that's it's not a problem is it ben you can see that the media already setting the predicate so here on cnn was one of the reporters saying that this is just the way America is. This is just, it's unique to America. This is how America is now. Realistically speaking, America does have more absolute numbers of mass shootings than other countries. But there are mass yep. shootings in Australia. There have been mass shootings in Norway. If you were to look at the number of deaths per million from mass shootings, it's actually higher in some civilized countries than it is in the United States. Such as, like, pr provide some work because we have over 300. We, sometimes we have more mass shootings than there are days of the year. So um, I would be genuinely interested if he could if he could provide some work as to who's trying to compete for number one of mass shootings. United States. Nonetheless, again, the predicate here is that America is unique, that this problem is easily solved by a simple policy change, which, of course, it is not. And the media. Are 
I mean, I, I, the, the one way that I see that the United States is unique is especially when like people from the UK or Europe comment on this is that they're like, well, we don't really have guns as much as you guys. And I'm always perplexed on your, your, your necessity and need for a gun. Um, they, they, they honestly look at American culture and our, um, gun fetish as something extremely weird are going to suggest that if you oppose that policy change, it's because you don't care about what just happened in Boulder, Colorado. Here was CNN jumping on that within. And again, I'm going to make my position clear. It's not that you oppose Biden's. That's fine. You can impose legislation, but to offer literally nothing in the way of actually moving towards a solution in this specific issue comes off more uh, deaf to the suffrage than just opposing one one position because if you oppose a position then at least see if you can amend that one that policy that legislation which is what they do in the house and the senate is that they discuss the terms of the bills to make it bipartisan right but that's not the conversation they're having right now republicans are just coming out as i'm against whatever you're going to put forward because that's what i ran on and got elected off of probably an hour of the shooting breaking. A larger story here that may not be addressed today, but is, a, is one that we have to address in light of what happened uh, in Atlanta, which is, are we facing a spring and summer of uh, you know, mass casualty events uh, as we come out, as people congregate? Uh, and that is something that the Biden White House will have to address as well. Juliet, how can that be? How can it be that after a year of basic yeah. quarantine in the country, the first thing we do as Americans is go back to mass shootings. So, I mean, how can so, that be? Okay, so again, the, the level of, of incredulity, I believe it's Allison Camerata over on CNN, the, the level of incredulity there, the, the notion that you are, how can it be that we as Americans are going, we as Americans aren't doing anything. I didn't shoot anyone today, did you? I didn't engage in a mass shooting. In fact, yeah, but what's very fascinating is that when we do do something that the United States is proud of, right, we take all that credit. America was the was the bastion of democracy around the world. We've given it to so many third world nations. We've given so much aid. We take credit for the good things that we do. And yet when the darkness creeps out of what America truly is, Ben Shapiro's not willing to associate that with the American society or culture. So it's very fascinating to me that no matter what, if it's negative in the actions of America, let's not say we had anything to do with it. But if it's positive and innovative, then that's just the American way. As of yesterday, as far as I'm aware, there were some 330 million Americans who didn't engage in a mass shooting. It's not as though everybody went out in the streets and started shooting guns in the air and then turned the guns on their fellow citizens. Yeah, but how many lone wolves do we have? How many people do we have sitting there with plots and plans, schemes and thoughts of doing these kinds of things? And that's what I think we're always missing in this conversation is we're not talking about the mental health of our citizens. We're not talking about the culture that we, we, we perpetuate where people think they have to go to grocery stores, elementary schools and soft target areas like IHOPs and all of these things where there's less likelihood of people defending themselves and why somebody would want to bring a gun that can shoot so many rounds and kill them we're not talking about that we're talking we're, we're always focusing in on how america has has a gun control problem because the left wants to take all the guns and the right wants to give all the guns but we're not having the discussion is what causes an american citizen to kill fellow american citizens 
and a lot of it has to deal with people's certain views on the political system. If it's coming from the right wing, it tends to have a lot to do with multiculturalism taking over and eroding American traditions and the overpowered authoritarian government coming to take your guns away. And if it's on the left wing side, it's this fear of authoritarianism and fascism. And it's it's so strange to me. Because, yeah, I don't I don't know how either side is going to have a revolution without killing innocent people. I really don't. And it's very unfortunate and it's dumb and politics is stupid and it it fucks up everybody's lives rather than doing what it should do. And here we are fucking them up some more. There are 300 million guns in the United States. There are over 100 million long guns in the United States. Hey, virtually none of them were used in a mass shooting yesterday. But there was one used by somebody who was evil. We don't know his name yet. We don't know his motive yet. Yeah, we don't know his motive yet, but long guns have been used before. Various guns have been used in mass shootings, Ben. Where, like, he's also pretending like things happen in a vacuum. Like, as if this one event is an isolated event in American society. When if we actually put it on a timeline, we can create a history of mass shootings. Not even that. We can create a history of domestic terrorist attacks. Jesus. Okay, so we have no insight into why this we have no insight into how the gun was obtained. We just don't have any information as of yet. That has not stopped the media from immediately setting the emotional groundwork for a gun control push. And again, the emotional groundwork is that this is the norm in America. This is what's regular. And most Americans are fine with it. Most Americans just turn a blind eye. Casey Hunt at NBC. We've, we've made jokes before COVID locked down everything about how normalized shootings are. Even even South Park made a joke about it where they would begin every episode with gunshots at the school and then it would just pan away because it's not something that goes away. It's something that continually happens. It, and it, 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 we became so desensitized. Nobody even got that mad at South Park for doing it. <laughs> it's like, Ben, this is normal America to have mass shootings. Like, we're actually getting back to normal now that the mass shootings are back. Uh, like, the, the, we're seriously ignoring our own, psych like, the American psychology by saying this is an abnormal event in, in America and that this one has its own specific uniqueness to it, when really most of them don't. News, pushing the same sort of idea. She's the Capitol Hill correspondent. She tweeted out, we're all emotionally exhausted after the last year. We've lost so much and so many, but I refuse to let exhaustion help normalize 10 people getting shot and killed as they go about their daily lives for any or no reason. We have a moral imperative to be better than this. I don't even know what that last part means. A moral imperative to be better than what? Nobody is saying that what happened in Colorado is decent, good, or should be something that we ignore. And what, what are the, who is saying that? But better than what? Did you engage in a mass shooting yesterday? I didn't. This notion that all Americans are some America engaged in a mass shooting. And I feel like that's what would make a broader connection to this is if we felt connected to the events that happen in America by Americans. But like I said, Ben Shapiro will highlight and give Trump all the credit for the vaccines when it came from publicly funded money research and uh, specific scientists who spent, you know, countless days. And also we wouldn't have gotten the blueprint of the protein RNA unless it was from the Chinese scientists and doctors who sent that around the globe so trump gets all the credit even though he had the smallest amount of doing anything about it but it's it's just the same thing over and over again take all the credit for the good shit and then uh, blame somebody else for anything that comes out of our culture negatively 
It's, it's amazing. Somehow okay or blasé about 10 fellow Americans being shot to death in a supermarket, including a police officer. And some of that blasé about that. That we, that we can't just go back to our, our normal. I don't believe that Casey Hunt is more sympathetic than, than you are or than I am. I don't believe that Casey Hunt is a, a, a deeper wellspring of emotion than you are or than other normal Americans are. I think all Americans are rightly outraged at the act of evil that we saw yesterday in Boulder, Colorado. But again, the media are setting the groundwork. And the groundwork is that when Joe Biden comes out and makes an emotional pitch for gun control, if you don't believe that that gun control is, is, is truly well calibrated toward reducing risk and preserving rights, then this means that you just don't care, right? You're not better than this, in the words of Casey Hunt, right? You're, you, you, you shouldn't normalize. That. No, nobody's normalizing anything, but this is- She's not talking about the gun control though, and he's, he's, he's uh, reframing it as if. She's merely talking about the reaction to these events every single time. The same game that our media play, and it really is kind of a, an emotionally manipulative game. That, that if you don't agree with what they want, it means you're a bad person. That is the subtle argument that is being made here. It's not a particularly subtle argument in reality. Some people are less subtle even than that. Mary L. Trump, who is famous only because her last name is Trump and has made a bajillion dollars off of writing a book about how much she doesn't like Donald Trump. So Mary L. Trump tweeted out, the NRA is a terrorist organization and should be treated as such. Do we have any evidence that this particular person was an NRA member or that the NRA fostered his behavior? Or that the NRA trained him for this behavior? The NRA has um, basically lobbied against any kind of sensible gun reform. Um, I wouldn't agree with the, you know, equating them to terrorists. But I, I would certainly acknowledge that they have stifled any sensible gun conversation or gun reform in this country through their lobbying. Um, and they're mostly made up of uh, gun manufacturers that sell propaganda into the idea of owning your gun and protecting your Second Amendment. So they are, in a way, um, accountable to where we're at right now as far as our gun laws go. So I don't agree that they're terrorists, but I do think that they're a bit of a problem. And by the way, what exactly is that suggestion? If the NRA is a terrorist organization, then presumably we should round up all the members and put them in Gitmo. If the NRA is a terrorist organization, what, we're going to go around? Does Joe Biden now have the capacity to just drone American citizens who happen to believe in the Second Amendment? Uh, he, I mean, under the Patriot Act, I think he technically can. And, you know, if he marks any group as a terrorist organization and they pose a deep enough threat, I think the president can legally drone strike them. I'm not saying that it's going to lead to good consequences afterwards, but legally speaking, if he marks the head of NRA as a terrorist and provides evidence that they were trying to uh, attack American citizens, then yeah, he could probably drone strike them. Yeah. So little of this is rooted in anything remotely resembling a policy debate. So is this whole conversation, Ben. You spent so much time talking about if you don't agree with their legislation, you're marked as unempathetic. But look at how much I care because I care so much. I care about your Second Amendment right. What do you have to propose that would actually be a solution to the situation rather than talking about how empathetic we should all think you are? If you want to make a case for specific pieces of legislation that would mitigate mass shootings or shootings at all, while actually preserving Americans' fundamental right to defend themselves and defend their property and defend their rights, then bring it forth. 
But this is the big problem. And Barack Obama used to admit this all the time. He used to say, sure, the le sure, legislation we're now bringing forward on gun control wouldn't have stopped this shooting, but it might stop other shootings. Might. Okay, well, if it wouldn't stop this shooting, then why are you talking about this piece of legislation on the back of this particular act of evil? They recognize the game before it's being played because I promise you this is going to be the narrative over the course of the next couple of weeks as Joe Biden immediately shifts into gun control mode. He's immediately going to shift into gun control mode. The media are going to shift along with him because they don't want to talk about what's happening on the border because that, of course, is a Biden-fostered crisis. And so they're immediately going to shift with Joe Biden into gun control talk. And the implication is going to be those evil obstructionist Republicans, if only they would just go along with the gun control agenda, then all of this would stop. And if they don't go along with it, it's because they wish to normalize, in the words of Casey Hunt, what just happened in Colorado. Again, no one is normalizing acts of evil. That is not something that any fellow American is doing. And if you're imputing to fellow Americans that they literally don't care about people getting shot in a supermarket in Colorado, we shouldn't share the same country. If you truly believe <laughs> that your fellow Americans do not care about innocents being gunned down in a supermarket, then you're- How can you not care when you're not willing to take the accountability of the type of people that American culture pushes out that kill fellow American citizens, but you'll take the credit for the innovation of the General Motors and- the innovation of all the weapons manufacturers and the innovation of democracy. You'll take all the credit of the positivity, but you won't take any accountability of the negativity or responsibility or even felt connection to the broader society that keeps churning out these events and people. Like that that's where the unempathy is coming from, Ben, is the fact that you're removing yourself from the fact that this is America. She's saying we shouldn't normalize this, but it's already too late. It's been happening for a while now, and we only talk about five or six every time it hits the national news when there's hundreds happening per year. So it is extremely normal already, Ben, and you're just ignoring it because you want to fire people up into the idea of a tyrannical government coming for your firearms, and that's enough to get fuel on the fire of a really gross right-wing revolution. Living next to people who are evil, and you shouldn't be sharing a town with them. You shouldn't be sharing a church with them. You shouldn't be sharing a country with them. But that is the underlying emotional play that is being made here by your delightful mainstream media. I hope you enjoy. That may or may not be true because the, the, the mainstream media does have its own agenda as well. Um, it's the biggest machine of manufactured consent. Um, but, you know, it's pretty obvious, too, that the, the right wing talking heads don't also want to be able to find a middle ground so that people can keep their guns and keep them responsibly. We're just going to assume right now that all gun, gun owners are the responsible kind and there's no reason to actually reform anything. So that's it's great. That's that's why you sound empathetic is because you don't actually think there's a broader issue going on with our society and our culture, oh, which is even funnier, too, because they're so worried about culture war issues like they'll talk hours and hours and days about Cardi B's WAP. But then when it comes to why do we keep having American mass shooters, it's not a cultural problem. It's so strange. It's so strange. But to, to wrap this up with the worst show on Earth, louder with Crowder. I hate this. I hate this political issue. It's so bad. It's so bad. A new scientific climate study uh, is claiming that pollution is now causing men to have smaller penises. It's true. Really? I knew it. Just ask Gerald. Well, let's stop this then. <laughs> Speaking of small penises, Stephen Colbert... <laughs>
All right. Um, cool. So we, we there's an actual reason for most men to start caring about pollution and climate change with the article that Steven Crowder begins with, which is that it's making men's penises smaller, which you would think would concern a lot of males and bring out, you know, concerns for their future kin. Um, but it, rather than diving in that deeper and how uh, pollution and climate change is pretty a pertinent issue, both globally and personally, he uses it just to dunk on Stephen Colbert. This is good faith radio show hosting to its maximum. Love it. Doesn't understand gun laws oh. at all. Republicans on the Hill know the majority voters want some form of gun control. So... They immediately tried to change the subject. What, what is happening? What about in the last one few of days? the many What's forms we have in the last ah. Stephen yeah. Colbert is, of course, tragic. And I'm not I'm not trying to perfectly equate these two, but we have a lot of drunk drivers in America that kill a lot of people. We ought to we ought to try to combat that too. Okay, I'll take that deal. Let's regulate guns the way we regulate alcohol and cars. You gotta be 21, you gotta pass a test to get a license, you gotta have registration and insurance for your gun. If you move to a new state, you gotta do the whole damn thing over again and you can't go out loaded. Well, it's interesting that you would take that deal, mm. Mr. Colbert, because uh, the deal already exists. Right oh, now, you do have to be yeah. 21 to purchase a handgun. Well, That's federal law. You have to be 18 in most states to purchase a long rifle. So some states you have Yeah, but you notice the inconsistency there, Crowder, is that in 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 some states you can be 18 to uh get a uh long rifle which is still a gun so why would we not have consistent ages for no matter what type of gun it is to be 21 for concealed carry you do have to pass a test you do need to id for a background yeah. check yep and yeah you need to pass a test for concealed carry what about passing a test for owning a rifle at all or not even just a rifle any gun whatsoever which other you know other nations require and uh, if you do, which, you know, some states do as well, but it's not a federally mandated law. So you can go to another state, get a gun very easily compared to other states and go home. <laughs> like, it's so crazy to me. Like, th that's the reason of a federal gun reform is to have very much consistency that doesn't allow states to defy these things and make it more difficult on, say, Illinois, who has strict gun laws, but their neighboring states have weaker ones. So there's an incentive to go out of state, get a gun there, and go back home. States, you usually have to update it, none of which, by the way, are required for voting. But the good news is that the squad wants to uh, change the voting age to 16. Oh, that's great. Good. So I tell you what, I will take... I like how he blames the squad, even though it was a part of, like, a whole broader uh, reform, or voter reform bill or election reform. Um, and he's also lying because it's not lowering the age from uh, 18 to 16. It's actually allowing 16-year-olds to register to vote if by the time the election comes around, they turn 18 so that there's no use of actually registering at that time. You can become a registered voter beforehand. Doesn't mean your vote's going to necessarily count, though, but let's just lie about it anyways because that's the kind of conversation we need to have in our country is lies. We need more lies. There's too much. Make the deal that just the current laws in the books for guns, okay, apply to voting. How about that? 
How about that? You need an ID? You need a vote? Wait, right, vote? We just need an identification check? We need to make sure that you're not a convicted felon? Yeah, and that's amazing is that, like, all of that is easy as heck. Like, all of that is really easy. It should not be as easy to vote as it is to to get a gun, which in my state it is because I, I was, what, it took me like 30 minutes to find my gun and then it took me about 20 minutes to do the background check and then about five minutes to get a case for it and then two minutes to walk out with my gun so overall 20 minute background check just to make sure i was eligible to own that gun very fascinating to me that that's that that's the same line of voter registration except i could do it from home you know what i'm saying i can register to vote from home online and verify my identity through that way so it's very funny to me that crowder thinks he's making it sound like it's going to become more stricter into the same guidelines of something that's pretty restrictive when he's been arguing for the fact that registering to vote is way too easy and allows too much fraud to happen so why would you make that argument if for all this time you've been saying that registering to vote as it is now has created so much room for fraud why would you want to move those laws into guns now that, that's a horrible argument to make if if anybody if any of his listeners are actually consistent to hearing what he believes on certain issues you would know that that is a terrible position to take that's and racism you need to update it when you move to a new state oh, oh that's gonna disenfranchise that's gonna disenfranchise all the votes we need to buy <laughs> okay all right you also don't have to be 21 to drive it's true. Oh, I just yeah. want to point that yeah, out. You don't. He was inaccurate. And you know what else I would take? I, look, as an as an earmark to that uh, bill, do universal. Uh, uh, uni- yeah, but that's because you're you you don't have to be 21 to vote either, or not vote. Sorry, 21 to vote or 21 to work. Usually, uh, a lot of people who get uh, driver's license are around the same age that they can start working. Look at that link. Universal mail-in uh, heaters. <laughs> Everyone automatically gets a that. next day gat. How about that? This is what's this is just yeah, exactly. there's no accountability. They obviously say white shooter, right? That's yeah. what they went with, and now they've pivoted in record time. To not mentioning I mean, they're all. a merry-go-round that, that's short-circuited, yep. right? Yep. But if you've noticed, they're still saying that it's a white shooter because they're like, well, he's white enough. You're Nostradamus because on yesterday's show, and I was like, ooh, yeah. Dave, careful, because we, we can never actually speculate on this show because right. we'll actually get fact-checked. And we're like, this is just my opinion. People mm-hmm. go, oh, that's not true. Uh, it is true that's my opinion. But Dave said, that guy looks to me Middle Eastern. Remember early on yeah. in the show? And I was like, Dave, careful. I don't want to lose my show because of you. And you were right. Yes. Yeah. I know how to call them. <laughs> spot my Middle Eastern men. It's just good that I used the word I used Middle Eastern. Yes. <laughs> and not what I wanted to blurt. I'm kidding. I have it no ain't. idea what you're talking it about, ain't. Mr. Bibb. I, like I said, my Nana was Middle Eastern. All right. Yep. Yep. And that's that's what they have to talk about sensible gun reform. That that was the entire segment. That was it. Are, 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 you, are you more informed than you ever were before? You can thank Crowder and his goons for that. What's very fascinating to me, too, is that watching Twitter is that, yeah, everybody like the uh, the, the liberal side was like, ah, oh, white supremacy at it again. And then it did come out that he was Muslim. And the. The left, not the left, I don't, I'm not even 100 percent sure, but the liberals that I were watching that I was watching went silent on the matter. And then it became really funny to me because a lot of people were then pointing out that like 
like Crowder just did, like, oh, you just pointed out a Muslim as a as a white man. And and it made me f- kind of giggle is because then like your ideology is the line or not your ideology, but your religion is the line of where your whiteness can begin and end. It's like, oh, you you look like you come from the Europe, you know, the European side of the world. Oh, which God do you worship? Oh, it's Allah. Oh, oh, this is a whites only uh you know kind of gun convention right here so we're gonna need you to take your brown Allah and get out of here um i thought that was because i i watched like a little bit of the right-wing twitter and it seemed very obvious to me that as soon as you become islam that you're no longer white um so that was that was interesting to me but even more so in which seems hasn't been consistent in any of these i saw it trending that everybody's saying that he was an isis sympathizer and in the same way that like immediately after a white person goes throughout shooting everybody blames white supremacy on the liberal and left-wing side in the same vein the right wing goes about blaming islam uh islam for a muslim shooter so like both parties are completely guilty of blaming um you know thoughts abstractions and um social constructs as being the sole motivator for somebody's acts of going and doing this but what the you know the corresponding thing that i see happening in most of these is that it's in the united states and so i think we need to go from that route of being an american before looking at their specific ideologies and figuring out what their beliefs then led them to because i think it's a broader american culture issue that we're looking at here and also ignoring at the same damn time but that is talks news that's it uh follow me on twitter at toxin pod t-o-x-n-p-o-d um like if you liked it dislike if you don't subscribe write a review share exist through unconditional love in an absolute presence of we can make things better i have been your host some guy with a mic and i will see you next time